Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm excited to start a new series this morning. Ephesians chapter 2, are you there yet? Got your Bibles out, tablets, palm pilots, Greek lexicons, (laughs) desktop computers, iPad Pros. (laughs) Ephesians 2 and verse 11 says this, Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision." by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, everybody say, but now. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached to you who were far off and peace to those who were near, For through him we have both have access in one spirit to the Father. Praise God for that this morning. Verse 19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens. And this is where I want to zero in and dwell on this particular part of this passage. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. I want to start a new series today. If you're taking notes, I'd love it if you could write this down. If you're not taking notes, I'd love it if you could write this down. (laughs) A new series today, House Made Home. House made home. Part one, the title of this is I Need a House. I Need a House. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Father, thank you that it's a new series and today is a new day. Breathe life, Father, into everything that we do in your name. Father, we thank you for the wind that comes in every single Sunday morning called your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that it's the freshness of your spirit that revives us every single week. And so, God, we pray for that this morning, Lord, for a Holy Spirit revival to come in our hearts, to begin in that place and to outwork into every area of our lives, Lord. Father, we open up our hearts today. Leave no stone unturned, Lord, in our spiritual lives. Help us to see it, to believe it, to walk in it. Father, we love it. And God, we thank you for the colonial kids, the mighty army that you're raising up. Lord, we thank you for them, Father. Thank you for what you're doing in their lives, Lord. Thank you that you've placed incredible leaders 
to lead them, God. And Father, we thank you for everything else you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Sheep, trees, and houses. Probably thinking, what is he talking about? It's a strange way to begin a new series, but I just want you to go with me for a moment. Sheep, trees, and houses. There's predominantly three ways in Scripture that you and me are described apart from being human beings. Okay? Obviously, we're humans. We're human beings. God, we're formed in His image. We are human beings. But Scripture has a way of painting a picture, of, of kind of telling a story and giving us descriptive ways to understand our own lives. And there's three kind of primary ways that we're described or talked about in Scripture apart from being humans. The first is sheep. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a nice looking sheep. <laughs> if you need to turn to the person on the other side, say the same thing to them. <laughs> but in the Bible, we're called sheep. Ezekiel 34 and verse 31 says, and you are my sheep, look at it, human sheep of my pasture. And I am your God, declares the Lord. And in Matthew 15, Jesus, who talked a lot about sheep and shepherds, primarily himself being the good shepherd and talking about how he loves the sheep, he says this, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. First Peter chapter 2 says, For you were, like, you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Sheep, 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 sheep. All through Scripture, we're sheep, but we need a shepherd. That's us. So that's one way that the Bible describes us. Another way is trees. Trees. Plants. Branches that are on a vine. This idea of, of being planted in the ground and our lives growing. We're described as like trees. Look, let me show you a couple of verses. Psalm 37. It says, I've seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree. Psalm 92. The righteous flourish like a palm tree. Proverbs 11 and verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. It's not talking about an actual tree. It's talking about your life. It's talking about my life. We are the righteous. We are in Christ and our lives are like trees, the Bible says. Even when it comes to our, the ecosystem of our family, look at what it says in Psalm 128. It says, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table." See, our lives are described as being like a house. So there's trees and then there's, there's this idea of our lives being like a house. Let me show you. Both individually and corporate, corporately, your life is like a house. It's described in Scripture as being like a house. Again, Matthew 10, but, but go rather to the lost sheep, look at it, of the house of Israel. So there was the house of Israel, which is the national way of describing the people of God, the house of Israel, but there was also individual houses. Think of the 12 tribes, think of the names. But it's the same in our lives today is that we are given a house, our house is our life. And God has given you a house for him to build in Jesus' name. Uh, Psalm 135, O house of Israel, look at this, the, the difference between the national and the individual. O house of Israel, bless the Lord, look at it. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. So there's the corporate idea of a house and there's the individual idea of the house. Proverbs 24, by wisdom a house is built 
And by understanding, it is established. It's not talking necessarily about a physical house. Although you should build your house with wisdom, physically. But this is talking about your life. This is talking about what God is establishing. If you're in Christ, God is building your life. He's building you up. I'd love it if you could write this down this morning. God has given me my house, but he also wants me to be part of a house. House made home. God intended for us to be based in a house, not to be stranded, not to be alone, not to be on our own. So we're going to spend a few weeks talking about the house, but not just the house, how the house becomes home. Is that okay this morning? Point number one, I'm just going to go straight there. Point number one is this, everybody needs a house. Everybody needs a house. You're not the exception to the rule. I'd love it if you were. We could do a case study of you. Put it in university and seminary textbooks. We all need a house. Isolation is a no-no according to Scripture. Scripture says that men, they, they, they rage against all wise judgment when we get isolated, when we get alone. We need a house. And the house of God is important. You cannot do life alone. Every single one of us needs each other and needs a spiritual house to dwell in. Isn't it amazing that apparently right now we live in the age of isolation? Think about this. We've never been more connected, yet we've never felt more alone. Everybody needs a house. Everybody needs a house. 2020. It's amazing. You think 2020, 20 years, 30 years of the internet, whatever it is. I remember seeing this meme. We live in such a meme culture, don't we? I remember seeing this meme that was like not necessarily like a funny meme, but kind of like a wow meme, like that's stark contrast right now type of meme. It was, it was a picture of a guy up on a, on a mountaintop over like amazing view. He's sitting there and he's looking out over the mountain. It's one of those half cut memes, you know, where there's another, another picture and the other part of it was, you know, someone in front of a computer just like typing away. And it said, isn't it amazing? 20 years ago, we used to, Go to the internet to escape from life. Now we go to life to escape from the internet. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so true. So we live in this age of isolation where, you know, we feel alone and we feel separated and disconnected even though we're apparently connected. But here's the truth this morning is we need a house. We need a house. And God gave me a picture of this and it was sort of like this, this vision he gave me. I want to describe it to you as best as I can, but it was like it was this road. And we're walking down, there's all these people walking down this road. And this road is life. It's like we're all going in life. And it's a busy road and everyone's just going this way. It's a one-way road. But along the road were all these different houses. All these different houses. Lots of houses. Lots and lots of houses. Every single one of us, we're called to depart from the road and go to a house. To stop in at a house. And I believe for that house to become our home, this is the other thing that he showed me, which was quite alarming to me in this vision that God gave me was that the further you go down the road, the less houses there are. And I don't know about you, but I want to be the type of church where we're still there at the end of the road for people, that there still is a house at the end of people's roads, no matter how far gone they go, no matter how distant they feel from, from God and from heaven, that no matter how far gone they are, there's still a house available. I want our church to be that house. Reminded me of the great 
quote that I love that Charles C.T. Studd said. He said, some people like the sound of church bell on a Sunday morning, but I would rather set up a rescue shop 10 yards from the gates of hell. Everybody needs a house. But that house needs to become a home. So I want to talk about it this morning. We all need a house. You know, the house of God is the closest thing to heaven here on earth. Think about that for a second. You'd be like, well, what about when I'm playing my worship album in my car? That feels like I'm in heaven. It's not the same. (laughs) The house of God is where God's presence is. I don't know about what, if I could just dissect for a moment what we did today is we all came in to the presence of God. All of us. We all prayed this morning. We all interceded on each other's behalf. Now we're here and the word of God is going out right now into people's lives. This is the house of God. We all need a house and it's important. Can I get an amen this morning? But what makes a house so special? I want to kind of go there for a moment. I read Proverbs 24. It says, by wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. Look at verse 4. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches. Again, this is not talking about a physical house. This is talking about your life and my life. See, but this is the thing about a house is it's built and there's a structure to it. Jill and I, we recently had to repipe our house. And can I just say that, you know, we have an old house and had coppers, so we had to redo it, and, you know, whatever, thousands of dollars later, awesome. <laughs> I can just say, though, of all the house projects, that is the one with the least amount of gratification. <laughs> it's all behind the, the drywall. It's all, you can't see it. It's like, can we just put the pipe on the other side so at least I can see what I paid for? (laughs) But I remember just preparing for this message and just seeing the holes in my house and seeing the the concrete block behind it and the the two by four. And God spoke to me and said, this is structure. And in the house of God, God, can I just encourage you? God's not a God of chaos and anarchy where everything's just whatever. God doesn't work that way. He's a God of order. And there's structure in the house. But we all need a house and we all need to be, listen to me, friends, under that structure, inside that structure, a part of a room that's filled with precious and pleasant riches. This is the house of God. There is structure. But a house is important. A church is important. But just like other churches and other houses, a house has to have structure. But what else does a house have? I just wrote a few things down. A house has limits. I want you to think about the church and the house. A house has limits. It has boundaries. Listen to this one. It provides shelter, protection. Think about a place where you can go and get protection and shelter. What else? It's a place where you can go and hang with people. It's a place where we often find other people are hanging out. It's one of the biggest blessings I already see happening in our church is people are starting to find key strategic kingdom relationships in church. It blesses me so much to see people connecting with each other. I hear about people just connecting and becoming almost like lifelong friends. Where did it happen? It happened in the house. There's been couples that have found their life partners here already. This is why we need a house. It's important for you and for me. 
because you can't go it alone. So God has given me my own house. He wants me to be part of a house. I need a house. Point number two this morning, houses become homes. There's this couple on our team who recently bought a house and it was really cool. It wasn't too far from where we live. And, you know, this house had been vacant for ages. Like, it, you know, the, the, the renters had moved out and I guess they were trying to sell the house or whatever. But it was amazing that, that it went from just being like this just house with no one in it. Just a structure, just a structure on part of the street. And the, this couple and our team, they moved in. They walked in the door, they brought their stuff in, they started to furnish it their way. And it was amazing for me to stand back and just watch this transition from it being a house to a home. Everything's different. Everything changes when it becomes a home, house made home. Listen to me, friends, the church is, is only the church when the people of God come in. Listen to me, our church has been blessed with an amazing building. Praise God for, the, for all of it. It's incredible, the lights and the air conditioning unit that costs a lot of money <laughs> to keep us all cool during those months that we desperately need it. The structure, it's there, it's a, it's a dwelling, it's a structure, it's in place. But listen to me, friends, listen to me very, very carefully. The only time that this becomes a church is when we all walk in here. When we all come in here and raise our hands to God, when we walk in here and believe together and pray for other people to, to get saved and see people get healed and things change, we walk in with our kids and we declare to the enemy, no, my, the generations in my home are gonna be planted in the house of the Lord. That's when it becomes church. And that's when it becomes home. Houses have the potential to become home. But the potential has to be realized in Jesus' name. Houses become home. I want to throw this out there. And if this isn't where you're at right now, I just want you to take it, not get offended, but think about it and dwell on it. Listen to me. The church is meant to be your spiritual home while you're on assignment here on earth. The church, the little old local church, resilient as ever through anything. If you think about it for a second, economic cycles, world wars, the worst and the best, little old local church, the house of God, resilient as ever, keeps moving forward. Why? Because Jesus himself, he said, I, he said to Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against. The church is the answer for the world. Why? Because God is here. And this house or a house needs to become for you, I believe, a home while you are on assignment here on earth. You know, it's hard for us sometimes to remember this is just like that. And we go and spend the rest of eternity with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. That's it. It's all over. But while we're here, this is home. Is this making sense this morning? Is this okay? I want to read that same passage in Ephesians 2 in the message just to, to sort of you know, show us a different way of looking at it. But I love what it says. It says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith, look at it, is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all. Irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building, 
He used the apostles and the prophets for their foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds and parts all together. We see it taking shape day after day. Do you love just seeing our church taking shape day after day? And month after month, ministries being added, people coming on the team, people getting saved. Last year, 2019, 554 people made decisions for Jesus Christ. God is building His home. God is building His place here and everywhere. It says faith is now your home country. You belong. God's building this thing. You're a part of it. And in Him, it becomes something special. But we have an invitation. We have a choice today. See, a house can never become a home if you're never there. Ouch. He said that. He said that at church. He was preaching while he said that. A house can never be a home if you just don't come. If you don't come home, how can it be home? It can't be a home if you're not willing to commit, like seriously commit. It can't be a home if you just drive through constantly. We live in a time where a smartphone and an Instagram account and YouTube access can appear like you have a home. But can I just encourage you? It's not the same. My pastor friend of mine said this recently when Jill, Jill and I were catching up with our, our family. and It blew me away because I was like, man, it's so true. Said in 2020, you know, we have this issue in our, in our type of church. But we do have YouTube. We do have Facebook. We have all that stuff. He said there's a, there's a risk of this thing called satellite people. What is a satellite person? Someone that's close enough to be connected, but not close enough to be confronted to change. And that takes me to my third point this morning. Home is where you grow. Home is where you grow. Home is where you grow up. Right? It's the same with church. No matter where you've come to, no matter what, at what point you intersected with Colonial and made this your home, if that's the case, that's awesome. If not, not yet, that's awesome, whatever. But home, listen to me, friends, is where you grow. It's where you're close enough, where you get confronted with certain things, where you get encouraged in a certain way, where stuff really hits you in a certain way. And I love the way the Holy Spirit just has this way of doing it. People walk in a certain way and they're like, I'm not going to change. And I love it because this, this used to be me. Holy Spirit says, I'll take my time. I'm patient. I'm kind. Give me some time. Let it become home. And as it becomes home, this is what happens, is God has this way of just saying, you know what, man? Oh, I used to live like that. I remember when it came to living generously, you know, I used, to, I used to live holding on to stuff. Stingy is the best way to describe it. I used to live that way where I just said, I got to grab as much as I can and hang on to it. And I used to be that way when I first entered into a church that lived lifestyles of generosity. But it was amazing how the Holy Spirit encouraged me to start letting go and trust in God. See, home is where you grow. Home is where you change. Psalm 92 is a key psalm for our house. If you've been in our church any amount of time, you've heard us talk about Psalm 92, but listen to the promise. In verse 12, it says, The righteous flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon, a strong tree. It says they are planted in the house of the Lord. 
But look at the promise. They flourish. I don't know about you, but I've met plenty of people that say they love to flourish. But the problem about wanting to flourish is you've got to be willing to be planted. To get the flourishing part, you've got to be planted first. But look at what it says. It goes on and this is where the growth comes. It says they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. That means spiritual potency, alive in the spirit. Look what it says, to declare that the Lord is upright. That's testimony right there. Testimony. To declare the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in Him. Here's the truth. Home is where you grow. Home is where you eat. You know, the whole point of preaching on a Sunday morning is not so we just get to hear something great. It's because we're spiritually fed. And I don't know about you, but Jill and I, we are committed in our church to making sure there is good food on the table every Sunday because home is where we grow. Home is where we are nourished. Home is the place where I find myself. Home is the place where I'm told what my identity is according to what the Bible says. Home is where my growth forms, where I develop. Home is where, listen to me, think of a child. This is where my primary encouragement comes from. Home is the place where I'm most comfortable. I love that. Go home and it's like, man, this is my, my place. This is my spot. This is home. Home is where I know my way around. Home is the place where I have no worries giving someone a tour. I can't wait to start seeing that in people. They're just like, they don't need a leader. They're just like, this is home. Let me show you where the kids area is. Let me show you where the lobby is. Oh, can I help you get a coffee? Yeah, it's right over here. Come with me. Home is where you grow. This is my place and this is my home. But listen to me, home is also where correction comes. Home is where I'm forgiven. It's also where I forgive. Home is where I love and it's where I'm loved. Because here's the truth this morning is God has made a way for you to have a home. And you can live your whole life with it just being a house mentality. Dipping into one house, dipping into another. And oh, that house down there, yeah, I kind of like the way they roll, but I don't like it too much. I'm not going to get involved there. I'm going to take my time. But that's not what God wants. God wants you to be planted where the house becomes home where you make the transfer from saying, you know, I just, I know I need to dig in here. I know that there's something more here. I know my life and my kids and my family and and everything about my life is going to get better if I choose to make this home. And I'm not for a moment saying that it has to be colonial. I'm not saying that it has to be here. I'd love it if it was. But this is what I do know. In general, there is a place that can be home. That can be home for you. And for me. But let me scoot back here in Ephesians 2 to the two verses before what we read from the top in verse 16. It said, Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders and peace to us insiders. Listen to it. He treated us as equals and so made us equals through him. We both share the same spirit and have equal access to the Father. And I want to finish like this. Jesus left his home so you could have one. Jesus hung on a tree 
so you wouldn't have to. And so I wouldn't have to. And I'm blown away this morning by the truth that Jesus left his position. He left his home. He chose. The Father decided that's the plan. That's what's going to happen. This is how we're going to do it. But it's going to involve you leaving home. You going through the greatest amount of discomfort, the greatest challenge, the greatest anguish to hang on a tree, which is the worst way to be the sacrifice so everyone can have home. Yeah, home in heaven. Yes, yeah, citizenship of heaven and being in eternity with, for all time, forever. And Oh, it's going to be amazing. But while we got this going on, God's got a home for you. And home is where we grow. Come on, let's stand. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed. hope you enjoyed that message i would love for you to also to check out my brand new leadership podcast leadership with matt mcclory you can find it on itunes and spotify i would love for you to go and subscribe to that podcast and really get some more in-depth teaching on leadership i believe we're all called to lead in some area of life god has called all of us to do something with our lives and so therefore we can grow in the area of leadership would love for you to check it out god bless you